0: I will say this too you're the first person in doing any of these and probably only the second person in my life that's actually messed up my last name
1: (laughs) (laughs) good day everybody and welcome to encore at the house of mario in this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. His name is Barry Casenza. Did I pronounce your last name right? That's, that's the no, first... No, incorrectly. Oh, no. We're, oh, <laughs> we're off to a start, aren't we? Um, uh, we
0: are. It's Carenza.
1: Carenza. Gotcha. What did I say? You just
0: made all the Italians mad. Come on. <laughs> How's Mario?
1: Yeah, well, I don't... Um, <laughs> I don't uh, claim to be uh, good with names or Italian and uh I've, I've proven that here today but barry thank you very much for joining me here on the show especially after a little bit of a confusion with the the time zones
0: uh, thank you very much for having me time zones are weird
1: <laughs> yeah well um in south australia um down here we actually our time zone changes throughout the year so that might have been something too i'm not quite sure what happened there
0: we have one we have what, two time zones and you know, changes forward and back and uh we're trying to get rid of it <laughs> some mm. people want to some people don't it's it's really confusing
1: mm. i actually really enjoy it during the summer where it gets uh gets dark a lot later i enjoy that but yeah. it is it is a pain when you're trying to organize a podcast with someone on the other side of the world it comes into a bit of an annoyance <laughs> then
0: <laughs> ah, you know what it's worth doing though it's it's worth figuring it out
1: hmm well, Barry, you're on the show because um, you actually approached me on Twitter and you know wanted to join the show, talk about physical collecting and some products you guys got over at the company um, you work with. And I thought it was just a fantastic opportunity to you know meet someone new, someone who's into video games and uh, loves the sort of the physical collecting and just preservation of games, which is very important. And as we we're talking about before, that's something I worry about with my Switch collection going into the wind. Especially over maybe the last week or so, when we find out that um, you know Nintendo has had five percent of its stock acquired by Saudi Arabia, it's like you never know what's going to happen around the corner. That physical or sorry, digital collection might just might just evaporate. So, just uh, introduce yourself to the audience. You know all the all the stuff that uh, you're up to.
0: Sure. Um. Again, my name is Barry Carenza. and i am uh, i've been with nintendo fuse uh for over about a decade now where we do podcasts and news journalists and and game reviews and stuff like that and and then i wound up uh, joining another podcast called the premium playcast and that led me to joining premium edition games and being one of the founding members of that company where we take digital only titles we bring them out physically And we're on our fourth series of titles now. We release our games in series. Uh, So our fourth series is actually up for pre-order until June 10th. And we've got two amazing titles. We've got uh, Wonderling DX, which is a puzzle platformer where you play the role like a Goomba uh, Mm -hmm. trying to kill Mario. And you are the bad guy. And you get to go through all these levels, finding hidden secrets and puzzles and power-ups like flying and dashing and jumping. And it's a lot of fun. And then we also have Rain Your Parade, where you get to play a cardboard cloud suspended by strings, and you get to be an asshole to everybody. You get to, you know, (laughs) lightning bolts and tornadoes and just all kinds of craziness. Every level has different objectives. You've got levels based on Zelda, Metal Gear Solid, even The Office. Uh, It's just a lot of fun. And both of these games are complete on cart. So Wonderling DX, you have all the DX added, levels and added content on the card and one and um rain your parade you have the uh, dlc the paid dlc is on the card so you're we want to make sure that you get the complete game uh on on the preser- preservation pretty much and each of these games come with slip covers they come with the full color manuals inlay art and our, what's unique to us is a challenge card <laughs> every game comes with a challenge card and on that card is a task from the developer themselves asking you to complete this challenge and should you do it and you post it and submit it and follow the instructions on the back we mail you a physical patch in the mail for free as our way of saying congratulations thank you for you know playing the game enjoying it and uh, completing the challenge
1: oh, that's awesome that's like a great way to rally your community around all the games and that you're putting out that's that's pretty cool and like what you said before about you know all of the game is on the cart that's a big thing of why maybe some people are sort of pushed away from getting their games physically because this isn't well. A lot of Switch games you can't get the full game on the cart, whether it's because they're bigger or the developer just doesn't get around to it, or so many updates come out. There's a lot of reasons why we don't get all the games on the cards. But down the line, we're only going to be have have like the 1.0 version of a lot of games. Exactly.
0: Uh, you know, a lot of companies, even bigger companies, they don't do that because switch cards are expensive so they do it as cheap as possible by using the smallest cart and the uh they put whatever they can on there and then download the rest some some do it smart like doom doom 2016 where you get the whole single player on the card you have to download the multiplayer i appreciate that because down the road when the servers are down you can't do multiplayer anyway so at least you can play the game um and obviously content does come out after um you know nintendo first party is the same thing uh, that's understandable, um, but whenever we sign a game, we always ask, like, "Hey, what are your plans? We'll, we'll sit on a game. We'll 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 wait for you know a year if we have to, to make sure that as much content as possible uh, we can get on the cart, We will because we feel it's important. We want to make sure that the entire game is preserved.
1: Mm, no, absolutely. So um, you're a founding member of Platinum Edition Games, and so you obviously Platinum got Platinum Edition Games. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> premium edition games. Um, so you've obviously got a lot of a passion for physical games. But where did all this start? Why do you have such a passion for having the games physically? Obviously, you probably grew up with a lot of physical games around the place, and I assume your your house has got a nice, uh, nice wall of games or something like that. <laughs> Multiple. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I grew up with the Atari and the Commodore, so, you know, there was no digital titles. We grew up with physical games uh, and I have always enjoyed having that tangible, you know, being able to hold. But that's not to say that I've been anti-digital either. Uh, when the, the, uh, the 360 launched, I went hard on Xbox Live Arcade like so hard like i got every every game and every dlc for the first five years of the xbox 360. i i had a complete collection and i stopped when i ran out of space on the 320 gig uh hard drive and i asked microsoft to give me a 500 gig like the playstation 3 had and microsoft said we have no plans to do it and i realized at that point i couldn't complete my collection i was out of space and Mm -hmm. i didn't want to you know delete stuff. And then like, I wanted to have it all there. <clears throat> so I stopped and afterwards they did do a 500 gig, but, but it took a while. And at that point I had already moved on and I was like, well, I'm not going to keep adding. Cause I looked forward to it. it. was every Wednesday there was new games and I got to play new games and I uh, really enjoyed building that collection, but it, I couldn't complete it. And that bothered me. You know, you want to go for a hundred percent, you can't get a hundred percent and it's out of your hands. Um The other incidents I had was uh with the Wii. You know, the Wii came out, and there was some great WiiWare exclusive stuff, like Final Fantasy IV, the after years, right? I love Final Fantasy. It was the only way to play it in America at the time. The PSP release did not come out. So I was like, oh, let me let me get it. And, you know, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, My Life as a King, My Life as a Dark Lord, uh, you know, some great WiiWare exclusive titles that I, I enjoyed, and, and virtual console as well. And then the unthinkable happened. My Wii died
1: oh no it
0: just it oh. would not input out to the tv or an now put to the tv and it wouldn't read it was just really bad so at this point it was close to the wii u i had another wii <clears throat> but all my games were on that Wii. it was tied to that system so i called nintendo and i said hey guys this is a launch system i was there and i launched i got a launch i waited outside target for 13 hours hmm. i said my system died can I get my digital goods off of it? I can't output to the TV. So I can't do any type of transfer. They said, we're sorry, Uh, you can send it in for repair, it's gonna be $80. I'm like $80. I don't care about the system right now. I have another Wii. I just want my digital goods that I paid for. Well, unfortunately, you need to pay $80 to repair the system. I was like, what? what? Come on. I just want the stuff I own. Uh, well, you know, you, you had to, you know what? Let me look at your serial number. And they're like, oh, it's a launch system. We'll do it for $40. So I had, they held my games at hostage for $40. I had to send it in, which I did. I got it back. I immediately transferred everything to the Wii U, all, all my licenses. <clears throat> and I said, this sucks. <laughs> if these were physical, I wouldn't matter. I could just go buy another Wii and, and put it in and still play my games. So at that point is when I said, you know what, I'm I'm not really going to buy digital games. And I still bought a few since uh games I really really wanted to play. Um and uh otherwise you know, all the digital stuff I play is, you know, provided for review codes or or for testing purposes. Because other than that, I'll just wait for the physical. And a lot of times the physical gets added stuff like they'll they'll wait and delay a physical for a little bit and then it'll be like, "Oh, here is the physical with all added content." Okay. Now I'll play the
1: game. Mm. Yeah, no, fair enough. Because like, especially on the Nintendo side, th- their idea of, I guess, digital ownership is just completely backwards. When I found out on Wii that it is locked to the actual system itself, that makes zero sense. Especially someone like yourself, who is like, a, I guess, a mega consumer of their products is buying everything online. They're day one. They really should have looked after you a lot more especially since you actually had a Wii U, like very rare person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had a Wii U on launch as well. Mm. Uh, But you know, you, you said a keyword there, you said digital keyword, digital ownership. And that's something that nobody has. When you buy a digital game, you don't really own it. You're licensing it. Mm -hmm. They could take it off the store. And a lot of games did. Uh, I mentioned that the Xbox Live Arcade, uh, one of the pillars, of the xbox live arcade when it launched was midway games like you know gauntlet were huge like oh we can play online gauntlet this is a lot of fun um midway did not last long into the 360 life and those licenses disappeared so those games got pulled so you couldn't even you mean you could re-download it um for as long as the servers are up but the servers are only going to stay up for a certain amount of time. We've seen mm. systems lose their servers and the ability to download games and redownload games goes away. So it's, it's one of those things where it's a ticking time bomb. And, and I'm not saying physical media does never fails. I mean, obviously, you know, discs can get scratched and cartridges could, you know, be bent and, and, you know, absolutely can stop working. That's a possibility too. Mm. But if a game is at least released physically, you could rebuy, at least with, with any amount of money, but at least you could rebuy a copy to play uh, versus be screwed.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely a lot, of, like a, a lot of pros and cons to both. I sort of feel like on Switch especially, I feel a little bit more secure with, um, at least at the moment. I won't, I won't in 10 years, but at the moment where it's like, if I lose my Switch, I can at least go, all right, I'll buy another one and, <clears throat> and just download everything. Whereas if I lose my Switch and I've got those physical games, there's no sort of getting them back unless I find the actual person to get them back. So that makes it, that's a little bit of a, I guess, a pro when it comes to digital, but.
0: Well, I mean, it depends on if you're carrying your Switch with your entire library yeah, versus yeah. just a game or two. I mean, that that is a pro. And you know what, that, that, that's a minor pro. Like, how many people out there are like, oh, I travel with my Switch all the time. And every time I travel, I lose my Switch. Uh, <laughs> if that's the case, you have probably bigger <laughs> bigger issues than whether your games are digital or physical. But, yeah, of course, physical goods can be stolen or lost. Uh, that, that absolutely happens. And if anything, it's a lesson on taking care of your stuff at home so it's not lost, putting things back. You know, when you take the game out, put it back in the Switch case uh, or whatever case you keep them in, uh, being responsible. But, you know, uh, in an extreme situation like that, you're right. Uh, but if you travel, like when I, when I travel, which isn't common, but when I travel and I decide to bring my switch, I usually bring a game, maybe a backup game, um, uh, that I'm playing. And, and that's about it because usually when I'm traveling, I'm going places to see and I'll just play the switch at night or something like that.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Th- there's, um, definitely a lot, a lot of, uh. What pros to having it physically? It's just nice too. Just I think the main thing I miss just from not buying my Switch games at the store is just not being able to, to hold them in a, <laughs> in my hand. Because like when I go into EB Games or somewhere, I'm just like I look at like all the games I have, but it doesn't feel like I have them in some ways. Like I spent eighty bucks on Smash Brothers and this and that, but I don't have it. It's a it's an odd feeling.
0: It it really is an odd feeling um and it's also one of those things where you know there's different versions and and i think this is something a lot of people didn't realize back in the day uh that there were different versions of games And until so i think emulation right you know when emulation started and some people said oh i'm gonna go for roms and it was the infancy we you started to see like oh there's like three super mario brother ones why are there three and it's like oh there were different rom revisions released over the course and it was like I I had no idea. You know, you bought a cartridge and that was it. The same is true today. Uh, Nintendo themselves (laughs) shadow update their games. So for example, uh, if you went to the store when Mario Tennis launched on the Switch Mm. and you bought a copy, you have Mario Tennis, you own it. You own Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis had a year's or more worth of free content that was added. There was like 13 or 14 extra characters, and you know some extra courts, and uh, like a mode or two, all free. So you can still access that stuff. You download it onto your Switch, and you can play fine, hunky dory. When the servers eventually go down, your cart is the base game with the base roster. Um, uh, you know, if you if you were playing on a brand new Switch. However, Nintendo has reprinted that game, and every time they reprint the game they reprint the latest version. So if you were to go to the store right now and buy a cart, there's a good chance you're getting all those characters and that, that extra content on the cart, because the last printing of the game contained all of that. So there's two versions. And the only way to tell the difference, there's two ways with Nintendo. One, is a number on the back um, that will update, but that's not always reliable. The other way is to look, turn a cart over and there's a number written, like a serial written, and it's it's hard to see. And it's only on the back, and the last number shows the revision. So zero, one, two, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and if you have one of those carts, then you're you're good to go. You have the latest version preserved on cart, but that creates a whole new nuance mm-hmm. on collecting. It's like, do you have Mario Tennis? Yes. Well, which version do you have? Do mm-hmm. you have the complete or do you have the the incomplete? And you know, there's no, it's not like complete edition is written on the label or anything like that. So it, it's a really crazy time to be a physical collector.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my question. Like, As a collector who cares about that type of stuff, does that mean you hold off a little bit from launch when it comes to something like maybe Nintendo Switch Sports, which is having a big update cycle? Do you leave it a bit or do you just go, it doesn't matter too much. You just got the box and it looks nice on the shelf.
0: I, I get the stuff at launch because a lot of, especially Nintendo stuff, I like to play. Mm. So I'll play launch with Mario Tennis, so I got at launch. I play it. Um, but then, when I found out about that, I went out and got another copy.
1: Oh, oh, well, I got you. Then. <laughs> and
0: and then I'll, I'll trade away or sell the uh, the original copy. Um, yeah, right. And some people some people want to keep it because it's like, oh, this is a different different ROM revision, um, and that's fine. Sometimes it's kind of cool to have old ROM revisions, you know, especially with like bugs or or things you could exploit that they like. Oh, they patched this out of the latest version. Oh, well, my if I play offline, I'm you know I'm able to still. Do that in the original cart so there are some benefits and, and pros and cons depending on what you want i i'm good with just one version of the game myself but if i had a choice i want it to be complete so mm-hmm. yeah it unfortunately does lead down a rabbit hole to you having to repurchase games and at least you have another game to to recoup the cost and sell but uh it is annoying i mean don't <laughs> get me wrong i'm happy they did it i'm happy they did it so that content isn't mm-hmm. lost but it's annoying because they didn't do anything grand like they could have easily just repackaged it called it complete edition with all the contents and and launched it out that way so you knew and and people would you know maybe someone would have been mad it was free dlc you know i don't think many people would be mad they would have just re-bought it again without having to go hey can i open it up and look at the back number and make sure <laughs> like like yeah. it was like sneaky stuff like i want to make sure it's the right version
1: yeah that's going to be a massive thing in 15 years when people are looking to play these games and there might not be an online update feature where it's like, you know, if, if you get the wrong copy of Mario Tennis or Mario Golf, you're going to be actually missing stuff that you can't access via updates anymore. Um, so yeah, that is, that is nuts to think about. That's something I haven't thought about before, but there was, there was one time when I was uh, looking at just getting a few GameCube games together and I went on Facebook Marketplace and I found some guy locally and went there. And I'm, I sort of asked him, "Well, why are you selling all this stuff? Like, you know, Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon like, uh, was it um, Mario Sunshine? Like a lot of the big hitters." I'm like, "Why are you getting rid of these? Like, you're obviously a big Nintendo fan." I'm looking around his his room. He's obviously a, a big nerd like me, and he was getting rid of them because he wants to get rid of his power copies for the American copies because they because they run better. I'm like, Jesus, that's a that's a level past me where <laughs> I'm not quite that nerdy. I'll as far as the technical stuff guys i'll just i'm happy to play it you know how how we're meant to i guess uh, in this country just with our TVs but i, I dare say that wasn't a problem you have because you already have the uh, the north american copy so it's not going to be an issue but here like in the power regions it was a sort of a big thing for collectors because they don't want the inferior version they want the the one that runs at the the better frame rate and all that stuff
0: that's understandable i mean we're seeing mm. something similar not wrong with frame rates but with translations and and mm. what people call censorship uh we're seeing that right now uh with a game called pocky and rocky remastered on the switch where the japanese version uh has english on it and the one i think it's only one dialogue line was changed to the american and the american ones like it wasn't translated uh perfectly and it was you know converted over and some people are, oh i want the original i want the original one a pure uh so they're buying the japanese copies to have that one line know, maybe there's more lines but i've only seen one line uh, to have that that pure version as opposed to the english officially translated version which they're calling censored uh, for me i'd just rather have the english copy so it doesn't bother me um but yeah you're gonna get those type of purists you're also going to get situations. I don't know if you're aware of this on the 360 and the PS3 and the Wii. There was a game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Mm. Yep, <laughs> it came out. A lot of fun. There were a couple downloadable characters that were in addition to the game, and the licenses for those characters has since passed. So those characters are removed. Like you can't even re-download them now. They're they're off the they're off the the web store. The 360 version of the game was re-released as like a gold edition. And it was two versions. It was a special edition, a gold edition. One was a platinum games for release. And that contained all the content on the disc, including those characters. Mm. So if you want to play that full game, including the characters that you can't even re-download now, even though the servers are still up, the 360 servers still exist, um, the only way to do it is through that disc. So that disc has shot up in price because... The only way to experience the full game, and that's that's sad,
1: yeah. And that, that'll be really expensive now, too, especially with the big sort of you know how popular Marvel and all that stuff is now be, be an expensive game to, to get a hold of,
0: you know. And Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch had these great DLC packs with added characters that it's not on the physical. And it's like, come on, release a, a, I don't know if the game did well enough for them to re-release it like a complete, like they did in Japan, they did Zelda and Splatoon 2 where they released them mm. with uh, all the DLC on the, on the game. Splatoon 2 is unfortunately not in English, but Zelda is. Zelda will read your your PAL release file and right, play yep. completely in English and you get the, the added, you know, the ballot of the Champions and all that on the card, which is, that's what they should do. They should just start re-releasing games complete like they used to like they used to do the game of the year editions on you know sony and microsoft where it would be here's the the disc with all the dlc now it's here's the same retail disc with the download code for that that's not preservation that's just putting a new (laughs) new inlay in in the uh, sleeve and new cover art and saying here you go Mm. you you, you get the download code for if you don't care you don't care but it's not preserved yeah and that's a that's a shitty thing really
1: i mean the the industry is undoubtedly moving away from physical goods and while that's unfortunate you can see why just with you know the the reach of the internet now people are able to easily access it and all that but you know with, with what you're doing at premium edition games do you feel like you guys are and other companies like yourself are the ones stepping up to try and do the preservation for a lot of these, at least at least smaller games, you're not going to be doing Nintendo's games, but a lot of uh, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be they'll set you up.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's a, a great boon because if you look at the eShop, for example, every week there's so many games mm. that come out. Like there's so many every single week. Uh, it's impossible to play them all at least play them all with any any type of capacity. I mean, sure, someone could download them all and play them all for a minute. Yeah, you could do that. But to to really sink your teeth into all these great, you know, independent games, uh, it would be impossible. There's too many every single week. And so many of them are great. But what happens is with there being so many, there are games lost, right? There are games that just fall to the bottom of the barrel, they don't get the exposure, they should, the sales suck, developers may get disheartened and uh, you know, no one talks about the game. So one of the things we've discovered in addition to preservation is we're bringing games back into the spotlight and into the attention of gamers that miss them. And we're noticing more and more people say like, Oh, I've never even heard of this game. This came out with 2018. How did I miss this 20? This looks fantastic. How did I miss this game? And it's the same reason a lot of us missed it. I mean, missed it too. You know, we, we found it later on and it's just one of those ability to pretty much not only preserve a game but to bring it back to the forefront because we don't release games all the time we we go slowly so every game we release is you know hand-picked it's stuff that we say we love this game we love this game enough that we're standing behind it to push it out physically uh we think you'll love it too so you know we have a lot of people in our community say like oh you know like this isn't even my type of genre but if you guys are standing behind it, I'm going to get it. And with the challenge patch, I've got emails before saying, Yeah, I wasn't even going to play this game, but I decided to go for it. I just got it because it was a small print. And wow, I fallen in love with this game. I can't stop playing this like thank you for introducing this to me. And that's our goal. Not only is it preservation, but it's also to You know, bring amazing titles to the forefront of people's minds and, you know, get these... um, These developers are awesome. Just get them exposure that they should get.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely, because I know, like, with the House of Mario, we try try to, like, just go through the eShop each week, see what's going on, and the list is just monstrous, let alone the sales that are happening and some games from that might be catching your attention. So usually we just pick out three games... Whether it's because of the name's interesting or the game looks good or it's just a big release, we try and at least touch on a couple of games. But there's no way anyone can possibly keep up with what is coming out on the eShop. It's just nuts. So you know it's a, it's a great thing you guys are doing because a lot of these games will be lost, like Wonderling, for example. that came out a while ago, and that game looks great. Cool. i i um I picked it up on a sale and it's it's still like you know it's still sitting there on my switch. <laughs> but um, Look, yeah that game looked fantastic and I just didn't hear that much buzz about it the same about uh, like um random is it called random my parade ran on your parade your parade um yeah that game got a bit of buzz because it was in game pass but apart from yep. that it didn't get like a yeah you know, just a, a huge shout out either
0: no it didn't and Wonderling is one of those titles that we had Wonderling for a while we've had it signed for a while um one of one of our founding members played it at PAX, loved it. We were talking with them and we signed it. But we asked them the age old question, is the game complete? And they're like, oh, well, we're adding some levels that we're about to do. And we have another update planned, but some more levels. So we said, well, we want to wait. You know, we mm-hmm. want to get it complete. So we were able to fit it into uh, into series four. And, you know, the, 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 the DX content is free. So since you already purchased the game, you can actually update it. You'll get the DX version. Um, but we wanted to make that on the cart. We wanted all those added levels. We wanted it all preserved, and uh, it's a great game that you know, just like Rain Your Parade*. You know, I've seen people go like, "Oh, Rain Your Parade*? That that doesn't look like my style game. I like our role, uh, role-playing games." And I hear you. I'm a role-playing game gamer. Try it though. Like if you enjoy *Katamari Damacy*, if you like *Untitled Goose Game*, like you like those kind of fun, quirky uh, games that are outside the box. This is perfect. Plus, you get to be an asshole. Like, come on. Like, people. We all play Grand Theft Auto, right? We've all been that asshole. We've all done things. Oh, what could I do? You know, let me let me put in the tank code and blow up some the police station. Like, we've all done shit like that. Um. So, this allows you to do it. This encourages you to do it. But it encourages you to do it in in challenging ways and. You know, figuring out it's a puzzle. Every level's a puzzle. How do I accomplish the goals? And there's additional goals, and it's all—it's wow, a big game, and there's a lot of different game modes, and and there's even a, like a first-person shooter style, like a Doom-style <laughs> yeah, cool. version you can yep. play. Uh, it, it's just—it's one of those games that captures your imagination, and you know, it's—it's it's also both of these games are great for families, so it's one of those things where. You know, you're not going to play Grand Theft Auto with your kid, at least I hope not. You know, you <laughs> have a four-year-old, a, hey, jack that car. Um, but you can pick, you know, give this game to them and say, uh, they could just have fun running around the arena, just raining on people and just having fun watching them run around and scream. And mm-hmm. they'll probably get, a, you know, enjoy. because it's all cartoony. It's all your cardboard cloud. It's not like it's a real thing. It's not a realistic graphics. It's all done in fun. Mm-hmm. So we think it's a great family game, too. Um, and that's important. You know, just as much as it is to have an adult games, it's also important to have some family time and family
1: games. Yeah, no, definitely. I've um, I've learned that a little bit over... I've only... My son's only three months old, but sort of being with, with my partner's cousins who have uh, eight-year-olds and stuff like that, the Switch is just really a really important device just to have in their lives. Like the iPad, they can do anything on it. They can go on whatever website, find stuff on YouTube, download some random games... You know, it's just a, it's a little bit too much if you just leave them leave them to it. So, I think like when my son gets a bit older, I'll give him the switch. And there's so many games to play, and taking off the Joy Cons, using it that way, um, I'm really looking forward to it. But like what you like what you said with that game, just it's so much fun, just causing mayhem in a sandbox. That's one of the most fun things to do as a, as a kid is just cause your own trouble. And uh, hopefully not do it in real life in in your parents' uh, house or whatever. That's what I'm hoping for. I'll just give them the control. You can make a mess in the game world. Just make your Minecraft level. Fill it with water. (laughs) Don't do it to our kitchen, please.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a, you know, games have always been an escape. It's always been a, you know, a way to play without any core, like any reaction, any, any consequences. And we've all done things. I mean, I don't know if you ever played SimCity, you know, but, you know, so many people, we played SimCity, we built up this great city, we made sure to hit save, and then we put a volcano in the middle of it to see what would happen. Oh, yeah. And a tornado go through (laughs) it. Like, like, I could just reload. So it's good. But I just want to see what happens. Like, I think we've all done things like that, where it's like, we just want to see push, push things to the limits for the fun of it, where again, it's it's divorced of reality. And that's what you can do here.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I guess a little bit more questions about just uh, like your physical game collecting. What, what uh, systems do you like to collect for at the moment?
0: Everything. Everything. Uh, yep. every, everything <laughs> from the Odyssey to the, the PS5 and the Series X. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently keeping up to date with a full Switch set, and that is very wow. hard to do.
1: Uh, so, how uh, many games is that at do. the moment?
0: Uh, my number is not actually accurate because I have variants and mm. I count the variants as well, um, but I'm, I'm actually kind of looking into removing variants um, like, Oh, there's this two different covers <clears throat> just because I have, I'm running out of room mm. and a lot yep. of my variants are sitting <laughs> in boxes. So I have boxes of nothing but like variant switch games and PlayStation four games. And I'm like, is this really bringing me joy? It's sitting in a box in my storage room. Um, so there's a chance I'm going to, cut back on variants and stop doing variants and just go for individual. then my number will be a little more accurate as I trim it down. But uh, that that's the main thing I'm collecting. I'm also, you know, doing a limited PS4 set. You know, I've got all the the, the small print PS4 games and, and quirky, you know, games. There's a lot of a lot of PAL PS4 games that uh never were released over here. But again, PS4 is region free and they're in English. So it's like, oh yeah. And and I think that's the best thing about this generation is the the region free. Uh, because they're Hmm. the switch especially there's so many games that come out overseas in like uh they're like oh we're not going to do uh uh an american release or a european release but we'll do an asian english release because we only have to print a couple thousand of them but they're in english so at least we can get them and play and and square square enix is the biggest culprit of this right chrono cross all the saga games uh you know they're all they never came here um the, there's also speaking of Square Enix in here and, and for you guys as well, Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2 came out mm. on the Switch. And if you get the physical in America or Europe or Australia or Japan, you're going to, you know, you get it, you open it up. There's a game card that has Final Fantasy 10 and a download code for Final Fantasy 10, 2. <laughs> okay, so is this really, you know, fully physical? It's, it's one game. It's not two, but bandai namco in asian territories you know released the game as well with square enix's you know permission with both final fantasy 10 and x 2 on the
1: card okay yeah, so if you wait. get
0: that version mm. you're actually getting the full both games <laughs> complete on card uh, I, cause it uses a bigger card hmm. and, you know, it's a small print. So they figured it was worth doing, hmm. but thankfully they did it. So now you can own final fantasy X, two physically the same thing happened on the Vita too, with, with that same game where, you know, the American and the European and the Australian version was just 10 on the card. And in Asia, they released 10 and 10 two separately on separate cards. So that's a way to get 10-2 physically there too. It's it's a weird rabbit hole to go down if you wanna collect just your language now because what's, what's the barrier? Are you going for just ESRB, just Peggy, just Cero? Or are you going for all English? Or are you going for anything you just wanna play? Uh, and you have a mismatch of, of collection. It's, it's really a fascinating uh, time because everyone collects differently and there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, I just mentioned the pocket and Rocky thing earlier. I'm going for the English, the US ESRB rated one because I go for a full ESRB set. Other people who, you know, have told me like, oh, I want the the non-censored non, non uh, censored version and I don't care what I have. My, my collection is just a bunch of different stuff and I'm gonna go for the Japanese and that's fine. There's no right or wrong. Um, but it's, it's a fascinating way to see how it is to collect and how, how people are doing it and talk to other collectors and, you know, how do you display? Do you do alphabetical? Do you do it by publisher? Do you do it by genre? Uh, it's just, it's a crazy rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, because like, even with DS, that that uh, system was region free until DSI came out. Mm. And it, it annoyed me because a lot of the time is say if an Australian copy doesn't get made, the European copy comes over and they got the big, thick clear cases. I hated them so much. Oh yeah. I think they looked awful. Um they they made my shelf look off and every now and again I would import a American game through PlayAsia just cause it maybe was a little bit cheaper than here in Australia. And then they've got like that slightly different case where instead of just like when you open it, it's flat, it sort of does a bit of a slant off. Um I'm like, oh, that bothered me as well. So I think for me if I was really trying to put together a switch collection just like that other language. Just if it's on the spine, that would annoy me. But if it's not, it wouldn't so much. Well,
0: the, uh, thankfully the switch games are all the same case.
1: Yeah. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, as for on the spine, you know, obviously Europe, Australia and America, that's always English. Mm. Um, with Asian English, uh, it's also English on the spine for the most part. Japanese is hit or miss. There are some Japanese games where the spine is all Japanese and where it's Japanese with English and somewhere it is just English. Uh, so I hear you and that bothers me, too, <laughs> especially the spine, because I want to know what game. Oh, this game, this game squiggle Wait, what's squiggle. Hold on. OK, um, so it's one of those things where uh, I have uh, a friend who does custom covers and i i work with her and i give her a list periodically and say here's some japanese games that are in the collection i need need custom covers for and what i'll do is i'll put the custom cover over the japanese i won't remove it i'll put it over so i have two covers in there and this way on my shelf when i look through it's all in english but then when i open it up obviously it's japanese cart but it plays in english so it's okay um and sometimes i've done this and then the game gets released an english release comes out afterwards and i'm like oh Oh well, <laughs> you know, I guess I'll sell it now with the uh, custom cover. Uh, give the person, you know, like a sort little of bonus. But I like doing that too. That the other language on the spine bothers me because I want to know what it is at a glance. I don't want to have to pull it out.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, one thing I was considering doing is like getting boxed Game Boy Advance games these days. You're going to be pr- paying a bit of a premium <laughs> if you want just like, a nice box to put on your shelf. And a lot of people are getting like old DS cases and just doing a custom print. Do you do anything like that for your collection or for Game uh, Boy yeah. games, are you trying to be true?
0: Uh, I for, for cartridge-based systems, uh, mainly like NES, mainly the Nintendo ones, NES, NES, N64, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Um, I don't really care. Like Genesis is a little bit different because they had the clamshell over here or, or the mega drive for you, but for us, it was Genesis mm. master system. The same thing I had clamshell. So when it has the clamshell, I try and keep it, but with, uh, with the cardboard, I would love to, but mm. one, it's so much more expensive Two, It takes up a lot more room. And for me, and I think for every collector, if you're a collector, the true holy grail for every collection is free space. Like you could have, (laughs) you know, the, the legit holy grail, but if you have nowhere to put it, it's, what's the point? So having the free space to display stuff and to put stuff out is so vitally important. So as my collection has grown, I've had to use techniques to display things. And one of those ways was saying, not going to go for, for boxed. Um, you know, if I have the box already, I have the box already. I'm going to put it in a little separate category, but I'm not going to go for full box. I'm fine with like N64. The cartridges take up a lot less room versus the full boxes. Mm. Uh, same with Super Nintendo. Same with NES. Uh, Game Boy is a different. It, they obviously take up a lot less room, but Game Boy displaying is the biggest pain in the butt. <laughs> and I still haven't figured it out. My Game Boy games are not even cataloged because they're just sitting in a box and I'm still trying to figure out that way and i've ds cases is absolutely one of the ways i've thought about it but again those do take up room and i learned that as much as i did when i with my ds set and my ds set used to be oh it's just in one little shelf and now it's an entire wall <laughs> <Like> the, <laughs> there's so many games on the ds yeah. like wow these these really do take up room so i'm trying to say like oh this it looks nicer and i did start doing that with some cu- with custom prints and i do think that's the way to go Um, absolutely for displaying. It's just a matter of um, space. Will I be able to display it that way? Or should I find another solution? And uh, I'm still looking for that perfect solution. I've seen people use cassette tapes, you know, Mm -hmm. using cassette tapes, you know, the cases um, as another thing like that. That's cool. Uh, And it's, again, it depends on the size. If you have got, I've got 20 games, great. If you got 200 games, it takes up a little more room. If you have got, you know, a thousand <laughs> games, that takes up a lot more room. So it's it's all about space to display it and display it properly.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. Like you, you talked about space. Obviously, it's something that uh, that you think about quite a bit just with trying to fiddle your stuff in. Do you have like a couple of rooms, or do you spread it out through it throughout your uh, your whole place? Or
0: I have I have a couple of rooms and i would love to do more but my wife is pretty much like keep your games downstairs <laughs> i got the rest of the house <laughs> you know i don't i don't want the whole house to look like a, a video game store and i'm like oh, but come on it'd be kind of cool <laughs> um so you know it depends on your situation you know if you're if you're single you can do whatever the hell you want if you're married you know you've got to listen to your partner mm-hmm. uh but i you know i've tried to get as crafty as possible um uh, you know we've all of my shelving is custom uh custom built i've discovered that's the best way to go because you could fit more cd size shelves in the same space you can a dvd size and with systems like the playstation and dreamcast and you know you have cd jewel cases ds uh you know you could you can get extra rows in in the same amount of space Mm. which is vital but uh you know we also did rolling shelves i've rolling shelves in my game room where we built like you know custom shelves on wheels oh, wow. and used like eye hooks so it doesn't you know fall over and just like unhook it and roll it over and get games behind it and roll it back uh, which kind of sucks cuz you can't see all your stuff because you have rolling shelves in front of it but it it adds <laughs> it's more shelving and and you know i look at an empty wall and go i could build shelves there and and, and put more games uh, so, yeah, space is, is a hot commodity. And I'm at that point where I really don't have many more, much more free room to put stuff. And I'm at that point where, uh, you know, that's where, where variants and stuff, I'm going to have to start, you know, pairing things down. I already pared down collector's editions, personally. You know, a lot of people collect, collect big collector's editions. Mm. I did it. I did it. All the limited stuff, I did it. And now I've... I've either sold them and bought the standard versions or I gutted them. And I made people cry by opening up and tearing apart these collector's editions, (laughs) but they just take up so much room. And again, I had boxes, boxes of collector's editions. And I'm sitting there like, why do I have a stack of boxes on my floor? Oh, those are all collector's editions. What am I doing with them? Nothing. I'm not enjoying them. They're in boxes and I have no room to display them. So
1: Uh, I know the feeling recently. uh, I don't know why I got this. I got the Horizon Forbidden West collector's edition with like the big robot um, mammoth in it and stuff. And I sort of, when I got it, I'm like, <laughs> why did I get this? It was sort of just one of those impulse buys. I was excited for the game. Um, and now I've just got it. I'm like, I don't really I don't really want it. I just sort of sort of bought it, and especially because it comes with a, a digital code. And I guess that's the next thing that gives you guys a bit of a headache when you're looking to collect these things when you want the physical game. But also a lot of these additions come with just a download code. So, would for for I guess in that instance, would you buy the collector's edition and then the game by itself to pair it together, or do um, you not worry about the collector's editions because you are trying to sort of pair them down?
0: Uh, well, I mean, with, with Forbidden West, I bought the. Uh... For us, we had a special edition with an art book and a steel book and a came mm-hmm. on the sleeve. So I bought that. I, I didn't buy the big edition. Uh, I don't often buy the big editions with statues because, again, statues take up room, especially if you mm-hmm. want to display them. And I have very little display room. So unless it's like something big, Zelda, you know, Xenoblade, like a series that I truly, truly love, I I'll tend to just go with the standards now. Unless it came with something you know different. Um, for example, uh, talking about differences, Rune Factory 5 just came out in the Switch. And at least in America, there was two different versions. It was the standard and there was the Earth made edition. I don't know if it was the same in Australia. What's interesting is the EarthMade edition came with some some co some um some costumes, some cosmetics. You can you could just your character like previous characters from the Rune Factory games, but didn't come with a code to download those, they're actually on the cart so the version the retail cart is a different than the earthmate edition cart and it's a different color label i think it's white a white label with the retail and a yellow label for the earthmate Mm -hmm. and that's the only difference is that it has that uh those those outfits on it so that is actually the more complete version of the game uh which is interesting because it's like oh okay well if you if you are a preservationist you're going to need that version so you have even though it's just cosmetic, it's still the complete game.
1: Yeah, that's a really, um, really different take. A lot of companies do because usually they want to sell, sell sell it to you afterwards, so you just download it for eight bucks anyway, just with another purchase. But just the the, the fact that it said uh, locked to the cart, that's um, that's just a yeah. bit of another headache, I guess, for for you guys. Yeah, I think
0: I think they they said like that. These are exclusive here. We're not going to do these as download. This is just our way of saying thank you to the Earthmate. So it's. It's uh again, it's, it's just another rabbit hole, you know. Do you have the the retail version? Do you own the game? Yeah, is it the complete game? Not totally. Like the game is complete. Mm. It's just you're missing some cosmetic stuff, and you don't care. That's nothing wrong with it. And uh, again, it's just it, now. Do you want both versions? So you have like you know how <laughs> how deep do you go down this rabbit hole?
1: You know. Do you think that going forward, do you reckon a lot of there'll be a lot of um people wanting? the addition with more, so that'll push up the value or it'll be r- roughly similar?
0: I mean, I think yes. <clears throat> I don't think we've seen it historically. I mean, like like I mentioned, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, right now on the 3DS, uh, it was already expensive before and now it's like, tripled or quadrupled in price the fire emblem fates collector's edition yes, because (laughs) the 3ds shop is shutting down which means fire emblem uh, fates revelations an entire fire emblem game is going to be lost but the collector's edition for whatever stupid reason is the only way to have it on cart so that cart is significantly worth more not only was it underproduced and it's a nintendo first party but it's the only way to play that game once the shop closes and that is only gonna make it go up. So yes, I do think, I also think it's, it's, you're talking a different avenue as well. Like the hardcore collector is absolutely gonna want that. Mm. The casual may not care. No, You know, like if you give a kid, here's the the base game without all the stuff (laughs) on it, they're going to be happy to have the game. They're not going to care. And maybe down the road, they'll realize, oh, I you know, maybe maybe I want to go for that other one. And that's fine. Uh, to the casual person shopping at Walmart or whatever. Oh, this game looks good. I'll just buy it. Um, I'm sure they'll be fine Mm -hmm. or they'll download. Um, But for the preservationist, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. you're going to see that more and more in the collector community as things go, especially if we do go more towards a digital future. You're going to see a lot of people say, well, I spent X amount of money on video games, but I bought them physical. So now with the digital, I'm going to be a little more selective with what I buy like maybe, you know, new Mario game. I know I like Mario games. I'm going to buy it, but I'm not going to buy horse racing adventures because it's, you know, I'm not going to find it for five bucks and, Mm. and put on my shelf. So instead I'm going to take that money and go backwards, right? I'm going to, I'm going to collect older stuff, especially if there's backwards compatibility and that's when you're going to see people start really hounding. Oh, I want the complete version of this game because now it's it's more it's more uh desirable mm. especially as the shops go down
1: yeah no for sure and i think i know the answer to this but how do you feel like the publishers are, are tackling preservation in the video games industry i feel like nintendo especially not so well
0: <laughs> well i mean in, ten, in terms of digital stuff not so well in terms of physical i was impressed that they actually went back and and updated some of those carts mm. um you know, to me, that's a good sign. Again, I wish they had just stated it, but at least it's a good sign. I think every company is different. I look at, you know, especially on the switch, I look at companies like, um, with the Witcher three, for example, they got that whole thing on cart. That's super impressive. And then you look at, you look at two, uh, two K and you look at, uh, Borderlands and you look at XCOM and, and you're like, Oh, Oh, you use the smallest cart. This is as as almost as non-physical as you can make it um, in a case. Uh, I mean, they even resold it with a download code only in case. Like it's like mm-hmm. you you're not preserving it at that point. You have a physical in quotes. You have a physical, but you don't. You know, the servers go down. You can't play that game. As opposed to at least Doom, where they made. That's how it is. If you're going to be cheap, at least put the single player on cart. Uh, then you have games like Resident Evil, where they're like, oh, we're going to give you the Resident Evil, you know, origin collection, zero and one. And I think it's just, it's either zero or one. One of them's on the card. Crapcom is famous for doing this on the Switch, <laughs> and I hate them for it. Um, then people they also released Resident Evil 4, and people are like, well, we want Resident Evil 4. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to give you four, five, and six together in a collection, a triple pack. But it's only four on the card, five and six are download. It's like, just give us all of them on card. Come on, you're you have, you have enough money. It's what people want. Uh, you have Mega Man, right? Mega Man Legacy Collection one and two, where you have Mega Man Legacy Collection one on card and two is a download code. And the same with the X Collection in, in America and, and Europe as well. And then Japan got them released separately, the X Collection one and two separately. So you can get X Collection two physically in Japan. And then the X, the Japan did Capcom in Japan did the Mega Man box. I don't know if you've seen it before. It's the five in one Mega Man box and it contains physical versions of legacy collection, one, two X collection, one and two and 11 Mega Man 11. And there's even a space for the zero ZX collection. But what made that key is that was the first and only time legacy collection two was released physically for the switch. So if you want that physical you have to buy that box it's the only way to get it and it's in English so if you take that cart and you put it in your switch it's gonna load up and you're gonna play Mega Man you're not gonna play Rockman um and it's like oh well the only way to preserve that is through that box we have seen that with Bayonetta from Nintendo Mm -hmm. the the non the non-stop climax edition or whatever uh in Japan is the only way to get the physical version of Bayonetta one. And that's what makes that collection so expensive because every other region just got a, a download code mm, yeah. and it sucks. It's like, you know, you want to preserve it. It's in English too, you know, <laughs> come on.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's frustrating for that. Like you got to do a lot of homework basically for what version you want to get um, when it comes out and even at launch that might not be, available for you as well so you've got to play the waiting game and maybe the waiting game will pay off maybe it won't maybe it will just get yeah. discontinued and you got nothing so <laughs> it's
0: uh, you never know uh you have other examples too um like uh, wonder boy collection is coming out it's got four the four games the four main games and then you have strictly limited to a release with like the four main games but like 11 versions of them all on cart so it's like which version do you want you know one has all these other versions so uh it is. It's something to do your homework for. I'd say if you're really concerned, get the game when you can. Because the nice thing about <laughs> physical, right, is you could always sell it or trade it if you need to. Get the game when you can and enjoy it. And if a better version comes out down the road, you could always get that one and sell the original one to recoup your cost or trade it or whatever you want to do. Um, especially if it's something you want to play right away. Because you should play. Games are meant to be played. Um so crack that case open, pop it in your Switch, pop it, you know, whatever system you want to play on and, and play and enjoy those games. Um, yeah, it's it just depends on how crazy you want to get. And I think the, the amount of people who go crazy is a small number compared to the amount that just want to play games.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because like, I don't know. I, I've got a couple of games that I've kept in the wrapper and that, and it just feels wrong. It feels like a toy if it's just screaming to be let out of its uh, thing. And I've got a, I've got a couple of amiibo that I haven't taken out of the box, and that's purely because I was buying, <laughs> buying too many to the point where I'm like, I'm not even going to use them. I'm not going to take it out of the box. Just got to that point with amiibo where it's like, hmm. I don't really need it, but I want it. And you end up picking one up when you go to Target. Hey, you're in Kmart. Might pick something up here. <laughs> Into EB Games. Might get another one. Actually, I recently got a Min Min Amiibo. Just to that's yeah, offs- the most recent one. Yeah, just to offset the shipping with my Nintendo 64 controller. <laughs> because I need to pay an extra 10 bucks to get the free shipping. So I may as well get the $20 Amiibo. So that, that was my thinking there. So I've got another one coming. Will that be open? I don't think it will but uh, See,
0: I opened up all my amiibo. It's uh, mm. from day one, I, oh, I'm I have sure. them all displayed and all uh, accessible, even though I don't use them often. Um, I like them just as little display figures, but then to be able to open up the case and, you know, use them. Uh, I, I think the packaging on amiibo is brilliant. I mm. love it. It looks great. But again, it takes up so much more room Oh, it does. <laughs> and I've, you can't yeah. you can't use it. <laughs> so it's like, you know what, I'm opening them. Is it destroying the value in quotes? Yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm not. Value is only worth something if you're selling it. If you don't plan to ever sell something, it doesn't matter if it's worth a billion dollars or it's worth one dollar. If you enjoy it, what does the value matter? Just keep it. (laughs) Buy it.
1: Yeah. Um, I went through that with Pokemon cards. Like I I have them. I just want them in my collection. But the way you can justify having this little bit of cardboard that's cost you so much money and so many packs to open is just like, oh, it's worth a fair bit. Uh, does it matter? Am I going to sell it? No. <laughs> does it justify it to my wife? Yes.
0: <laughs> well, it, again, it's it's rationalization. We, yeah. we all do it. Should I buy this? I don't know. Oh, but you know what? It's, it's probably not going to go on sale for a while. And I've, I've been pretty good and I haven't bought anything lately. And oh, well, if I get it with this, then I could save even more money. Oh, well, then I have to get it. You know, like those little internal rational, rationalizations. We, we all do things like that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. I'd say go for it. <laughs>
1: uh, so, you know. We'll see if this Min Min gets opened. I'll have to open it because it becomes so hard because now, like, I've got, like, a Mewtwo, which doesn't get printed anymore. It's in the box. How do I take it out the box now? It's so much harder than if I just bought it new. Simple.
0: You take a razor blade. Yes. And you slice <laughs> <place> it down. Yes. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I get that. And there are games out there in the Switch collection where when I go to play them now, I have to look online <clears throat> and go, okay, what's this game going for? And be like, oh, this game's going for a couple hundred bucks. What's it download? Four bucks. I'm going to leave my copy sealed and I'm going to go download the game now because it's a big difference. Even though I don't plan to sell it, it's that I hate it too. I hate that rationalization. I hate having to do it. I mean, it's a, it's a total first world problem and it's total boo-hoo, our stuff is worth money. But it, it kind of sucks because like, you know, it's like tiptoe, like, oh, do I open it or do I not? And I don't open my games until I'm ready to play them because I get too many, as no time to play them. Mm. And it's, it's absolutely one of those things where we're in a day and age now where all this stuff is so collectible. But again, if you don't ever plan to sell it, then what does it matter if you're going to get enjoyment out of it and that's something i would looked at with the collector's editions you know when even if it's worth 300 bucks if i don't have the room i'm not going to sell it it became so therapeutic to just open up a collector's edition and see what's there i mean because in reality they could put you know a couple empty boxes in a collector's edition box and sell it to you and if you never open it you never know
1: yeah definitely put a brick in so, there just to make it feel whitey yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: So you open it and it's like to see all the stuff that they did. It's like, oh, this is so therapeutic uh, just to to look through the art book and to listen to the soundtrack and to, to you know, see all little, you know, trinkets that are in there and, and then put them respectively where they go. You know, art books with art books, soundtracks with soundtracks, et cetera. Uh, it, it did become very cathartic, like just seeing all this space I just gained. So Amiibo was never one of those things where, I cared about the value, you know. I had I had in my hands an extra Marth, villager, <clears throat> and WeFit trainer on launch day, and we all know those were discontinued right away. <laughs> yeah, I had those in my hand. At, I was at a Toys R Us where I pre-ordered. I pre-ordered the whole set, but I didn't know how the pre-orders went. So I got a second whole set in my hands, and I bring it to the cash register, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, those are. We have your pre-orders back here." And there was a line. It was a, it was a mad rush, and I said, "All right, who who needs Villager? You know." And I was giving them to people in line, like, "Here, you take it." I didn't care about the value. I was trying to, you know, I'd rather it go to somebody. Yeah, definitely. If I cared, I would have been like, "No, I want to buy a second whole set." You know, like there yeah. was no limit. I didn't care, and and I still don't. I you know, value is something that my kids will have to worry about when it's a you know eventually my time, <laughs> and I'll be like, "Sorry, you have to deal with all this shit now." um oh because, my god like, i don't go through all <laughs> those games like
1: oh god dad has so much stuff <laughs>
0: well i it's one thing i actually do with my wife as i talk to her like oh just you know like this game you would probably think is garbage but like it's worth something and <sighs> you know just in case something happens to me i don't want her to be like all right get rid of all this for five bucks kind of deal um and i, I wouldn't want that from you know our kids either but I also will understand what it's like to inherit an entire collection and have no idea what anything's worth and don't have the time to sit there and piece through it all. Mm. Um, They're the yeah, garage it's... sales
1: you want to go to. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, exactly. Those are the garage sales you want to go to. I even stopped doing that because now everyone thinks they've got mint. But mm. it's one of those things where I'm not planning on selling it and I want to enjoy it. So if I'm going to enjoy it my whole life, to me, it's worth. More than whatever I paid for it. So if I bought a retail, an Amiibo, fifteen bucks. Okay, I've gotten well more than fifteen years or fifteen dollars worth of enjoyment out of it just from being able to use it, to look at it, to know it's there, to maybe share it with my kids one day. I'm good. Mm. At that point, I'm good. I got my money's worth. Yeah, for so, sure. If, and at that point, even loose, it could be worth three hundred dollars for all we know. In box, it might be worth thousands of dollars. But you know, if, if, you know, our kids are like, oh man, he should have left it in the box. It's only worth $300. And you know what? You're, I'm coming back from the grave and I'm going to take that away from you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, how old are your kids? Cause like, uh, I would I imagine they'll I don't get I have a, kids at the moment. Oh, I've, Yeah. So, you know,
0: future, future <laughs> kids. I don't have kids uh, at the moment. I would have, well, we but we would have. But my my mother and my grandmother, who we lived with, got very sick with cancer. Right. And yep. for four years, we had to take care of them full time and they were they became like kids. <clears throat> so we, we were like, we can't we can't have kids on top of this. And when they passed, we're like, we need some time now mm. just to ourselves and relax. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're at that stage now where, you know, we're we're starting. To, to think about it. And yeah. when it happens, it happens. And that's great. But it's something that I hope to instill in, in our children, our future <laughs> children, to appreciate, and to not destroy and to take the value of something and to not just rip it apart, but, but treat everything as you don't own it. So you want to give it back to somebody in the weight and the condition, like you got it, and hopefully that works because I'm definitely gonna get padlocks for the game rooms and stuff, and be like, no, you, you're not allowed. Like my kids will not see the lower half of my house till they're at least 35,
1: <laughs> when they're nice and responsible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but when you know, when, when the time is right, they're gonna have so much fun just going through. You've got so many games just to show them. They're like, hey, look, this is a title. You know, play it for the night. You know, get the popcorn out. We'll have some fun. Um, it'll be a good time. I'm really looking forward to doing that with my son. Um, I don't like I'm not going to put it on him. He he's he's more of a welcome to play or not play games because I know I know what it's like. You know, probably a lot of dads are like oh, boys like cars. They'll love me being a mechanic and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it might be the same thing <laughs> with my son, but it's, it's uh, something I'm definitely looking forward to. So I could only imagine where it's just like this is a shelf of games. Have a look through them. Pick one out. Um, I'll give I'll give you a history lesson. Like <laughs> just a wealth of knowledge just bursting to uh, just be put upon Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Mm.
0: Well, that's something I I love doing. I love educating uh, about gaming history because there's so much about it that is lost. So many things that people don't know about or never heard mm. about. And I'm still learning to this day, brand new facets of it. It's, a, it's just a fascinating uh, topic. And I hope to instill that knowledge onto, you know, our little ones one day. And if, I swear if our kids don't like video games, they're adopted. They didn't <laughs> <from it. laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking at the mailman a little funny. You mm. know, it's it's one of those things where I hope they do. I really hope they enjoy games and I, I look forward to playing it with them. And if they say I'm just not into it, I'm gonna respect that too mm. and let them do whatever they want to do. Um, which means I don't have to worry about them messing with my games because I have no interest in it. Yeah, true. I guess there's
1: (laughs) a benefit there. But um, yeah, with you educating yourself about video game history, what are some of the ways that you go about it? Just obviously online, checking out YouTube. Is there any uh, sort of prominent ways you really enjoy taking in the information?
0: I mean, YouTube's always one of those things where I'll just put something on the background or, oh, this is kind of cool. What's this? Um, But a lot of it's just delving into history of games uh, like into a system and there's so many stories of so many systems that they're not even catalogued online. You can maybe find one website that hasn't been updated in you know 10 years or 20 years that just has a picture of a system and said this came out around this time and that's it. There's Mm -hmm. like no documentation on some systems. And it's been fascinating trying to find a lot of stuff. Now I do have a good friend um, named Leonard Herman, and he wrote a book called Phoenix. It is on Phoenix Four. He's working on Phoenix Five. It's the it's the history of video games. It's a phenomenal book, and I have used right. his book on yep. more than one occasion to um reference things but at the same time uh, we talk all the time and I'll find things that he wasn't aware of and I'll be like did you know about this yeah. and he hates it every time I do cuz then he has to try and find the copy to buy even though I told him you know I'll let you take pictures of you know, <laughs> what I have you know yep. but <clears throat> we 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 have that great relationship where we can talk about stuff and it's it's fascinating just discovering what different regions do what how things are released um one of the things I I found a A really fascinating story and it was like i didn't even know this existed before a couple months ago now but in different countries obviously systems are released differently and that's normal but in korea korea has been my fascination for a while korea is just a fascinating country but over there um panasonic or really gold star uh Released the 3DO just like it released it everywhere, you know, the gold server. Mm. Uh, they called it the Alive. Okay, interesting call it the Alive or whatever. <laughs> well, <clears throat> 3DO uh, was planning on a, a follow up system, which many people don't even remember. It was called the M2, it was going to be a follow up to the 3DO. They showed off demo reels and you know, getting ready for it, and the 3DO technology, it underperformed, right? 3DO failed. So they decided, Panasonic decided, we're not going to go ahead with the M2. M2 never came out, vaporware, never released. But there were prototypes shown of the system. Goldstar was doing a prototype as well. And there's a prototype for the Goldstar. And Goldstar went ahead, figuring that the M2 was going to come out and printed some molds. For the m2 oh, and good. panasonic canceled the gold star version of the m2 and then canceled the m2 altogether and gold Star's saying we're well, well, we're sitting on these molds what do, what do the hell we do with these molds <laughs> so they decided to re rebrand the 3do the base 3do in korea because they didn't have a lot of these molds and called it the alive 2 and it's basically the same thing <laughs> because it's just a 3do um possibly slightly updated and they released it only in korea and uh, very few copies, most, most have been thrown out, but I find it fascinating because not only is it another version of a system, but it's the only way to kind of see what the M2 would have been. Cause it's the M2 shell. It's the shell that was printed for the M2. So it's a piece of this system that never came to be. Um, and I, I, things like that I find fascinating because it's like, Oh, it's, you know, we, we would love to see things like the Atlantis, the Nintendo Atlantis, what, whatever happened to that? You know, the, you know, if you know, Adam Korlick, he toots around the, the, the Neptune, the, you know, the Pluto, he toots around the Pluto, uh, and then the Sega Neptune, Pluto exists, the prototypes, the, the, the Nintendo PlayStation, things like mm-hmm. that are fascinating. So this is as close to an M2 as you're going to get um, because it never did come out. It was, there was no official prototype for it, but these were the cases. So I love stories like that. And I love, discovering these things and of course then trying to find them i'd like to get them for my own collection so trying to find them is is another whole hurdle and it you know not every collector cares about that and that's fine for me i like finding things that way i can you know display them and and talk about them because i find gaming history really fascinating
1: yeah no definitely especially when it comes to like just like lost hardware there's like a lot of titles that get cancelled in development and you might see some stuff pop up and that is awesome but when it's like a physical thing that was meant to be the next step for a company when you say like Nintendo PlayStation that could be a very different reality if that thing was to like take place in the market and come out and uh, who knows maybe Panasonic would have come back (laughs) with their second console who knows Um, but yeah it's just like these stories are fantastic and it's interesting you brought up the uh, the history of video games book because I was just on um, Apple Books just like, you know, after after Reggie's book, I was very interested in checking out some more stuff and I came across that and that got added to like my wish list. So hopefully I'll be going back to that one soon. Um, but yeah, just uh, it's uh, it's really interesting to go like have a look at all this stuff, especially since, um, you know, since we don't know like a lot about it and I don't know, in, in the games industry now we're we're taking like a lot of marketing, a lot of whatever speak about the newest, hottest thing that's coming out. It's just nice to take a step back and just enjoy the, the video games for what they are. Just the art form <laughs> and Absolutely. yeah. All of that.
0: I mean a lot of people I think forget that. They they mm. get into the controversy. They they want to be outraged you know, they, they want the next big thing, and then they, they're not getting the next big thing. And they're like, Oh, I want that like, take the time to look at what you have have you played every game that you even own?
1: Absolutely. You know, enjoy, <laughs>
0: what you have. enjoy what you have. Enjoy the backlog. We all have a backlog. Play through it. Enjoy it. Uh, you know, don't worry about I got to beat this game in five hours. I gotta beat this game in 100. Mm-hmm. Just play it until you feel you're done. You don't have to finish a game. Play it until you feel I've got my enjoyment out of it. And Play whatever system you want. Play however you want to play.
1: You definitely That's come to that conclusion, year. don't you? <laughs> when you when you're a bit older, and you've got yeah. all this games in your backlog. I remember I was a part of a as a website. I think it was called the Backloggery. where you. I could, remember that. Yeah, where you could put like all your games into it and say, "I'm currently playing this. I finished this. This is in my backlog." And that site was looking was giving me mad anxiety. <laughs> I was like, "All right, just." Don't worry about this. If you play it for two hours and you bought it for eighty bucks, you know it's probably probably not a great use of your money. But don't don't let it create anxiety. You've got other things going on in life, high school and stuff like that at the time. You don't need the fact that you haven't finished maybe a big long RPG um, <laughs> drag you down in life.
0: Absolutely not. Just just try and get some enjoyment out of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember the backloggery and uh that's just it we have so many games out and so many especially with digital right like i'm i'm not a steam person but how many people who use steam wait for the steam sale they buy a hundred dollars worth of games which is like a thousand games and then they never play (laughs) them and it's like great you own that game digitally on on steam and you haven't touched it you know and people complain about droughts (laughs) when you have only enough money to buy one game a month or whatever one game every other month that's different when you only have one system, but you know, that's, that was really when we were kids, like the whole console wars was marketing. It was marketing to make their company and their system look better. If you were a kid, you had Nintendo, you had Sega, you had Atari, you had television, whatever. You were like, oh, I got to champion my system. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> they don't care. Just play what you want to play, especially as you get older. Ha- Most people have at least two systems play what they like play this here here whatever and and you sh- you shouldn't worry too much about it because there's so many games and every year there's more games and every year there's new generations who've never played the older games so go back yeah yeah there's, there's infinite you can't play all the games that exist in your lifetime at this point
1: no i don't know if i can play all the games on my switch <laughs> let alone <laughs> all exactly. my systems yeah that's uh yeah, skimming me a big anxiety better uh, better move on from my backlog <laughs> holy crap um, oh yeah I guess uh, moving away from collecting you're also a part of Nintendo Fuse which uh, how'd you get into that like did you have a, were you already friends with the guys or did you are interested in writing and creating podcasts and stuff like that how'd you get involved um, with that
0: I was always interested in that stuff but I didn't know anybody Yep. so I was on Twitter one day and one of the hosts said oh you know we're doing our podcast live. We, we accept call-ins. Okay. (laughs) Well, let me follow. Let me, and I called into the show and I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know, I, I got to call into the show. So I, you know, I continued to listen and any chance I could, I called in and I started talking with the guy and I was like, Hey, is there any chance I could get on the show? Like, and uh, they said, well, you know, well, we we can get you as a staff writer on the thing. Let me contact you, but but right now the show is booked. You know, we're we're full. Okay. So I joined as a staff writer. I joined to do reviews. And I started doing reviews. And he, you know, a couple episodes later, um, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you want to be on the next episode?" I said, "Sure." So I was. And then I came back for every episode since. And there was it's been like 150 something episodes since then uh that i've been on and i just love it i love being able to have an outlet to talk with other gamers uh just about the the news about what's going on about the games we're playing and from there being able to have a journalist uh you know that journalism to be able to go to shows and talk to developers and interview developers and, and even before i was doing premium it uh, was fascinating because I, I've always loved the behind the scenes stories. I, you know, some people are like, Oh, I wouldn't love to meet a movie star. For me, it's a dev- game developer is a movie star. You know do you want to meet Tom Definitely. Cruise? Or do you want to meet, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto? Like, no question, Miyamoto. Um, and and that's where it, it all started snowballing, and especially into premium, because now I get to meet these developers, these rock stars. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that they gave me that chance in nintendo fuse because that helped me get into the premium playcast that helped me get you know the premium edition so everything happens for a reason even the smallest little decision you make could have positive or negative consequences on you 10 years down the road you never know but uh stick to your gut and you know i just love video games i'll talk to anybody about anybody whenever about video games video game history you know and and doing stuff like this you know um being being on different shows is, is it's like a dream come true it's you know so i would love to be in a movie i love to be famous but, but i don't care about that being able to talk to people like you drew and just you know hang out and to me that's i'm happy like life is made like doesn't matter you know, if a hundred people see it, a thousand people see it or one person. So it doesn't matter. It's it's just about getting out there and having a good time, making new friends and making new relationships. And that's been one of the best parts that came from Nintendo Fuse is I've made all these wonderful friends in the industry and in the, in the, the podcasting side of the industry. We talk all the time and I've gone back on multiple shows and it's always a joy to it's like meeting up with old friends. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't seen you in a couple months. Whatever, like, hey, it's it's like old times. Nothing's changed. Let's just talk games and have fun. I love that. To me, that is amazing. So I'm very thankful for the opportunities I've had in my life, and and where it's led me. And I don't take any of it for granted. And appreciate it all. And and people like you, Drew, who, who do give me a chance. Uh, so it's all very much, you know, a lot of love and appreciation.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's so much fun just uh, just to share a passion for stuff we really enjoy and. Like uh, having you on the show tonight was absolutely fantastic. Just your your knowledge base and, um, like you know, I like like I said before, I'm very much digital with my switch just because of co- a convenience factor. So all of this information about different versions and all that, I just found fascinating, and I'm sure the listeners will find it really interesting as well, and maybe give them so- a bit of an anxiety if they are physically collecting. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm not doing it right. I need four copies of. Mario Golf, apparently. Whoops. <laughs>
0: There's no right or wrong way to no. collect it. And Don't let anybody, anybody tell you that. You know, I've had people show their collection and I've said to them, like, that looks great. And they said, no, it sucks. I'm like, why oh. does it suck? It's like, well, because I don't have as many as other people. And it's like, it doesn't matter how many you have. It's a matter of what it means to you collect what you love. Don't let anybody say don't, don't, don't look at other collectors and say, Well, they've got, you know, 5000 games, and I only have 100. I'm nothing. No, you're not nothing. You are somebody who loves games, and you're building your collection. And that is awesome. Keep building it. Don't let you know, anybody tear you down and don't look to anybody as intimidating. I'm sure if you talk to the person (laughs) with 5000 games, he'll say to you or she'll say to you, Yeah, keep up. You know, that's great. What are your favorite games? Um, it, it's a very welcoming community overall, and uh, it's just just enjoy your passion, share it with the world, and and just play. But collect what you love. You like Japanese only games, collect them. You like Peggy only games, collect them. You like and you know NTSC games, collect them. Whatever you like, whatever. Well, you like certain genres. You like certain subsets. You like you know it's, it's there's so many ways to collect. And everyone has a story and everyone has a method. And it's fascinating for me to discover those and find those. And I gained inspiration out of a lot of them. Like, oh, how do you do this? Oh, that's a good idea. Let me try mm. that. And and the same, I've influenced other people to do certain things. And that's the fun of it. It's just no one has a right or wrong answer Yeah. at all. Yeah, for sure. Dig, even Even I only collect digital or play digital. That's not a wrong answer. That's how you play. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, some people may say, oh, you're anti-digital. I'm not. I have bad experiences with digital. I don't buy digital, but I'm not anti-digital. I'm anti-digital only because I don't want things lost. Mm. Digital, physical, however you want to play, play as long as there's a choice. When you remove choice, it kind of sucks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like what you said with um, collect how you want to collect, with Switch, I'm still getting physical Pokemon games because I've had every single Pokemon game. I don't want to stop now. So, so you know, Pokemon Cup, and they, they got me by the balls, <laughs> especially since I got two versions and all this stuff going on. And um, I'm still getting my PS5 games physical for the most part too. But when I get a game on PlayStation, I've got to make sure that it's not just some random Ubisoft game or whatever. It's like a, it's very much a game that I want on my shelf because I've got a lot of PS4 games just in, a, <laughs> in bulk. I'm like, oh, it just doesn't give me any joy having it physically because it's just taking up room. So I got to make sure it is a title that actually is something like, oh, that was a great game, a lot of great memories. Holding the case, flipping it back, reading the blurb on the back, and it's just I got to make sure that it's worth having. Otherwise, it's gone. So that's kind of my rules at the moment. But yeah, I was I was massive into DS and 3DS, and um, I'll keep chipping away at those types of titles if they're not sure? too expensive,
0: especially now, like with the uh, with the 3DS eShop going out. There's only certain certain titles and there are some really expensive 3ds games now it's mm. 3ds is, is crazy and yeah I, again it's it's what you like you know so i know i know people who say oh, i would never be caught with a, a sports game i don't want to sports games and you know some systems i have like one sports game and others i have every version of madden because i found them at garage sales for 50 cents <laughs> so i have them all you know, do I play them? No, but they're there. <laughs> you know, hmm. my wife teases me. It's like, look at that whole row. It's like Madden, the NBA, NHL, you know, the MLB. They're like all in that grouping of m and And it's like, they're all next to each other pretty much. And it's like, look at that. That whole shelf could be eliminated. I'm like,
1: It would look, look nice though, I reckon. Just like all the same logo, just the numbers ticking up. It'd be, it'd be uh, it would be satisfying.
0: Yeah. Whenever there's things like that, to me, they're kind of more eyesores because they're, they're yeah. the only thing there. <laughs> it's like we're talking to DS. It's like um, the Imagine series that all the imagines, <laughs> which is weird because they're all in Japan. They're all different game series. Like Ubisoft just bought the rights and just like, oh, we're going to throw our own thing here. They, they play differently from what I understand. Oh, okay. But if you look at a DS wall, you see all these different colors. Then when you get to there, you just see white. Like this wall of white for all the imagines. The same with like the pets. You get to the peas, you see this row of pets, and it's like, oh man, there's so many of these. Um, they, to me, they they kind of like they draw your eyes right to them because it's like here's a mix of colors and a big blotch of white, big blotch of red. Um, same with Madden, big blotch of white usually. Um, so it it does draw your attention, and it's like, well, no, look at this, look at these games. These some rare games. These games are really fantastic. Yeah, games like Mass Effect and you know Lost Odyssey and you know Blue Dragon and oh, but you're focusing on the Madden's like the <laughs> games that no one cares about. I mean, there are people who care about Madden, but like you know, like they're so cheap, they're you know, they're not they're not very desirable because there's one every year. Uh, but it's just funny, like that's where your eyes go. Like no, don't get those. Awesome. <laughs> mm. Those are there because I got them super cheap, and
1: <laughs> it'll, it'll blend in a bit better if you get them on Wii, where it's just like all white. Then it might blend in a little bit better.
0: They do. Uh, I, the Wii. Wii was one of the fun sets to go for. Sorry. So I, I, do have them on Wii, and they do blend in a little bit. Wii. Wii is just a wall of white with a few blacks. Um, uh, there's like a couple, only a couple black cases, uh, black spine. You can
1: always see New Super Mario Bros. Wii and like, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, I forgot. It has a has a black spine though from Nintendo. Was it a Pandora's um, Tower that had a black spine? I think.
0: That was that I think in your in POW it was, but in in America, yeah, was, okay, yeah, quite. yeah, because that that was for you guys it was actually put out by Nintendo. Over here, we had to beg for it. Next Seed put mm-hmm. it out <laughs> because Nintendo <laughs> of America is the worst, and I'll say that because of the, of all of them, they they hate us. You mm. guys, you guys got a lot of great stuff. You guys got Disaster Day of Crisis from Monolith Soft. We never got that.
1: Mm. It's, it's it's funny because. We here in Australia, we got we got screwed over with release dates and pricing for a long time. But um, in more recent years, we get the best of Europe, and when Europe gets screwed over, we get the best of North America <laughs> coming to Australia. That's how it seems to seems to work out. Because we're over here, just sort of watching, you know, Reggie say, "No, we're not bringing that over." It's like, why not? <laughs>
0: Australia's weird weird. Uh, it is I actually have for <laughs> switch. I have some Australian games because there are some Australian exclusive games too. Okay, uh, which is interesting. And and I do actually own a physical Australian game. That's really not a physical. It's a, a digital code in a box. Oh, but I own it <laughs> because it's the most fascinating game. I think on the switch in terms of release, and it was only released there. Uh, you You might know it. It's called Big Bash Boom. <clears throat> It was only released in Australia. But what I find fascinating about it, because it was a download code in a box, um, it's not really a physical. But as a pre-order bonus, I think in EB Games in Australia, you got a steelbook when you pre-ordered it. Yeah, yeah. So... So what I find fascinating is it's a steel book, but when you open it up, there's actually no spot for a cartridge. It is legit just a steel book oh. with no way to put anything in. It's a steel book for a digital code. And I find that fascinating that why does this even exist? Yeah,
1: because that means like the cases have to be like specially printed for that game. Yeah, wasn't just the like the
0: inside of the steelbook is specially printed with yeah. no code, no cartridge slot at all. Like they didn't even use a standard steelbook. Like they purposely removed the cartridge slot, uh, and I just I find that fascinating. I'm like, wow, this is so weird. And that's the only reason I have it in the collection. Otherwise, I wouldn't because it's a download code. But it's just I'm like, this is just too weird of a thing to not get.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I I do remember signs up for this game in EB Games, and remember just saying, ah, oh, it looks like a mediocre cricket game. I'm not into yeah. cricket or anything. I don't I don't think you would be either be in the States no. probably, but um yeah, I remember this being up there and I see here I've just put it in Google. It's called Vooks gave it a two point five out of five. And true achievements have given it a two point seven out of five. So.
0: Not a great game, but again it's the story, that weird story of, of having that steelbook and it's like that's so weird. But but I, I had to go for it as a steelbook collector and just as a as as a oddity collector it's a steelbook for nothing it, there, there is no room <laughs> for anything it's so i don't know why it exists i mean you could probably look it up on a lot like steelbook and see pictures of it um and if you see any with them opened it's it's so weird there's nothing inside i see there's, so,
1: there's a board game for big bash boom as well oh god that's oh. been sold at um Big W and Woolworths here in Australia, which is Woolworths is like the leading supermarket pretty much here. Interesting. Yeah, well. You learn some, I'm sure big cricket fans are just like, oh, we played every day. It's, it's bloody fantastic. But I don't I don't know much about cricket. I find it extremely boring. If my kid ends up playing cricket, I'm gonna be taking my switch. <laughs> That's for sure.
0: <laughs> there's yeah, there's a couple others that were exclusive. Uh, AFL Evolution 2 is exclusive to there because the AFL is yeah. obviously yeah. Australian. And uh, Wallabies Rugby Challenge was also an Australian exclusive release. Oh, yep. well, that makes so sense. So those ones I do have in my collection because they are in English. Um,
1: so did you get? Did, in your I've got to ask then. Did you give the AFL game a crack? Have you tried the? I have uh, not. Have you tried the Australian it's, uh, football? It's
0: it's, it's, <laughs> it's still <laughs> still sealed. I have not played it, but I do own it um, because again, it's it's a different game in English, uh, you know. And I, again, that's where I love the the region free. Because, Definitely, yeah. you know, there's, there's, you, can, you can experience, whether I choose to experience this game or not is subjective, <laughs> whether I will have the time, you know, it's one of those things like if I was doing a stream and, you know, we were saying, oh, we'll try it and let's, you know, get the commentary, like, sure, but, but otherwise, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it, it, just having that option is awesome.
1: Because mm. yeah, yeah you was, know, I, hate,
0: was, I hate not having an option.
1: Yeah, 3DS was really annoying for me not being able to import Japanese releases. Same of Wii. So when um, yeah. when they got rid of it with Switch, it was like, thank God. <laughs>
0: yeah, Wii U was also region free. It was uh, region locked, and that yeah, was locked. Mm. Yeah, like PS3 is region locked. Uh, I hate that region lock because if you if a company is not gonna Put it out in your territory. At least you can still play the game. Yeah, and it's, it's
1: uh, it, it didn't make much sense. God. Yeah, because like say like Reggie, um, back in back in the day when they didn't want to release Xenoblade and Pandora's Tower, mm-hmm. um, people could have said, "Oh well, Reggie, we're not going to bother you. We're just going to import it. Fine, easy mate, easy peasy." That's what they
0: <laughs> did. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, went which is the only one of the three Operation Rainfall games that Nintendo released here, was the European version. That's why yeah. Xenoblade for us, we, we know British actors and Scottish actors as the voice. And that's what they keep doing. Yeah. Like they don't use American dubs. They, Xenoblade, no, that's are gonna be a British vocal tracks here. And uh it's just it's just stuck. You know, Pandora's Tower and uh and uh Last Blade, I think it
1: was. It was
0: the other one. Last story? Okay. Last story. Last story, that was yeah. the Last story. I got mixed up with Xenoblade. You know, last story, yeah. those ones didn't, Nintendo refused to put them out here still. X did. And they were like, Last Story was X biggest release ever. So then they did Pandora's <laughs> Tower. And, yeah. Pandora's Tower didn't do as well, but it was also like late, late Wii, like very, very end. Mm. But it, it, the fact that we have to beg for games is sad. Like, why are we begging? Like, people should have a choice, you know, have faith in these games. And they didn't. And now Xenoblade is like million seller and they have all they're putting all this money behind it, which I'm very thankful for. I love the Xenoblade series, but it's just funny because we had to beg for it at first. And now Nintendo of America is like, oh, yeah, oh, we loved you this whole time. No, no we didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. We we wanted the game, damn it. Uh, so, yeah, region free, at least you you got that. And the, the 3DS has some rhythm. Heaven has a 3DS game. Uh, we never got it physically in the states.
1: Oh, so, really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that game. Europe, <laughs> yeah, Europe.
0: Europe. So you guys get to enjoy yeah. it when when the shop goes down, and we don't. We we get the digital version, and if you haven't already bought it, you won't be able to play it. And it's it's it really sucks. You know, want to be able to play these <laughs> games? You know, people were spend time and money and and effort and sweat and tears building these things. Let us enjoy them if we want to enjoy them
1: yeah no? no, definitely knows?
0: maybe they got plans maybe we'll do some 3ds collections or something on the switch they'll, they'll be nice uh, who are we kidding they'll probably release more Fire Emblem English translations and then remove them from the eShop too because <laughs> we're going to have digital yeah. games removed too
1: yeah uh, I assume uh, 3D All-Stars but that'll be physical a, yeah but for a limited time I guess but
0: well every game has a limited print every single game there's no game that's printed forever yeah i guess that's more on the
1: digital side where it's a bit more confusing yeah
0: yeah i mean 3d all-stars sold over 8 million units physically the game is not rare it's not rare at all (laughs) um people bought it thinking this is going to be super rare and they bought it in droves it's not rare. over 8 million units there's plenty of them out there but the fact that it's removed digitally is the baffling thing Mm. the same with fire emblem that they gave us in America, they gave us and all oh, I think all around they give the fake physical where it was like here's a collector's mm-hmm. box with an NES box and all this, stuff, but it's a download code. It's like really you're going all out of your way to make a just make the physical game, man. You know, just charge an extra ten dollars, print the card for eight bucks, and you got yourself you're, you're making two dollars extra profit, and people are happy. Nope, not doing it. Yeah,
1: you go oh, you go that far, you may as well just put the game in there in a proper card. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's stupid. So, and then that game's removed too, from digital. So if, if Nintendo said, Hey, do you want to do a physical release of that? at premium? Hell yeah. A heartbeat. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even, you know, think about it, but that's the thing that sucks is you, you're getting these games now lost, completely lost and, and without any physical. And, and that just shows Nintendo can do it. Licenses do expire. When licenses expire, games go bye-bye. Mm. You know it's we've seen it on other systems before and we'll see it again you know it's just like music you know you look look at TV shows uh, I, I'm sure you had it uh, you know one of the most famous examples Dawson's Creek mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you've, you've heard of Dawson's Creek yeah you know it used it used a very famous song for its opening theme and they had the license to do that <clears throat> but when it came time to release it on DVD they needed to get a new license for it. And they didn't want to pay. So the DVD release has a different theme song than what everyone remembers, except for the finale. I think the finale they decided, you know, we're gonna do it as standalone and we're gonna pay for it. Um, and it's it's jarring when you you know say I'm gonna watch this, and like, wait, what that's not what I remember because licenses, licenses for everything. It's why you go to YouTube and there's YouTube copyright strikes if you play licensed music. Licenses are everything, and you see it with games games will disappear games based on movies will disappear games based on tv shows it will disappear um and again like I, I mentioned earlier about midway's games when midway went under those games disappeared because the license was gone um thq same thing um the xbox live arcade had a lot of weird promotional games there was a game called yaris when toyota released the yaris it was a racing game it was a freebie to promote the game or to promote the car and uh Mm, gone. Yeah. Doritos used to do like weird games every summer for free. Like Doritos obstacle courses and stuff obviously put out by Doritos. Um, they were there for a limited time to promote the, the brand and then they're gone. Um, and it sucks because if you don't have those games downloaded, you can't play them. You can't experience them anymore. And there's someone coded them you know, at least the Burger King games we got physically and they're everywhere. Cause they overproduced the, those, those games on the, the <laughs> Xbox and the 360. Yeah. but at least they got physical releases.
1: Yeah. Like uh, you, you mentioned before, like the cars, cars, car games are just notorious for getting ripped down because of licenses. Even like yeah. the Forza games, you can't have access to any of the motorsport games on the Xbox store. Uh, Forza horizon one, two and three can't buy anymore because of car rights. It's just uh yeah. it's frustrating especially because i want to go back and actually play some of those horizon games but you just can't <laughs> well, at least you...
0: you can buy the physical versions yeah <laughs> those exist
1: i've got the uh, the physical for ford's horizon 2 but Forza horizon 1 which is a 360 game got to go and track that down somewhere it's probably worth quite a bit now that's the other thing because it drives up the physical prices as well if you don't have other a- avenues yep so
0: oh, absolutely uh, the, you know, when I was mentioning the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the same thing, the, they go up, the Fire Emblem Fates it goes up. If there's no other way to get it, then sure. But at least there is a one way to get it. Music, too. You see, like, Rock Band, you import all your stuff except for this one song because we didn't pay <laughs> for the license. You see it on, on other weird things, too, like um, the Evercade. If you know the Evercade, <clears throat> the handheld, they released the Evercade Versus. And it's like the Evercade versus console because playable with all of the games except for the Namco games because they only oh. had the license from Namco <laughs> for handheld, not for a console. So those games, they actually had to make it so it, it did not work. It would not boot up. And it's like, that's so weird. But but yeah, you never know with these things. Licenses are scary.
1: That's a big admission too, Namco. You probably want them if you're <laughs> doing an arcade system.
0: Well, at least you you have the uh, the handheld. They still play on the handheld. But it's it's weird that hmm. that they couldn't get an amendment. But we don't know what they would have asked. They might have they might have wanted too much money, you know. And that's that's what it is with anything, you know. Why does this happen? Money. It usually boils down to money, <clears throat> you know. If if you know, we said to Nintendo, hey, we'd like to do that Fire Emblem game, and they say, okay, well, we want ninety percent of the profit. Uh, it'd be like, oh. Well, we we, we're not going to make really much of anything you know like we we need to have a little bit of give and take because we we produce all this stuff uh or they say well 95 you never know like if you're gonna there has to be give and take with any type of relationship and and same with music same with youtube that's what sucks you know these people i love to play this music but i don't want to get copyright strike Uh, Mm. people need to be a little bit more lenient and let people have some fun
1: yeah, that's yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we're, we've are we gone over 90 minutes here, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I'm sure you've got <laughs> things to do in the day, but you've got a lot of stuff to plug. You've got uh, Premium Series 4 approaching, which I'm sure a lot of people would like to find out about so they can work out how many copies they got to buy of each version coming out. We, we, we know there's only one. Don't worry about that. I'm not even I'm teasing you. But where can they find all the stuff that uh, you'd like to point them towards?
0: Sure. So premiumeditiongames.com Series 4 is available now until June 10th. Uh, The retro editions that we have are limited to 500 copies only on the website. So make sure to get those orders in. The standard premiums, those are open pre-order. So we just want to make sure everyone gets their copies. So um, if you pre-order on our webpage, we do offer free dog tags as our way of saying thank you. Each game gets a a custom dog tag. Um, Just a nice little bonus item we're throwing in uh if you're from around the world we do all we do ship international and we do have we did lower our rates international so we do ship international we also do have international partners um so we're trying to make make it as easy as possible for everybody to get these these amazing games uh starting next month in june we will have a second chance sale for our series three titles and some of our older titles um uh, because people have been asking where are those coming that they're coming we're just we're doing series four right now um, you could find us on Twitter at Premium Edition 1. You can find us on other social medias at Premium Edition Games. So make sure to follow us there, sign up for our newsletter, join our Discord, um, you know, and, and stay up to date because we have a lot of great stuff still coming uh, later this summer. Including the Premium Edition Classic Series Volume One and Series Five, after that, including Raji. Um, Nintendo Fuse, you could find us at nintendofuse.com, youtube.com slash Nintendo Fuse, where we do our bi weekly podcasts. Um, those are every other Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube, and then on all platforms after that, where you can watch or listen uh, at your own convenience. And then we also the Premium Playcast, which is also available uh, at all podcast listening things as well as at com, and lastly if you want to follow me personally i'm at hawk hellfire on twitter where i love to talk video games and would love to talk to you
1: excellent Well, you got that nailed very good <laughs> you, yeah no i've had an absolutely fantastic night with you barry a lot of fun got a lot, lot of knowledge to share and you're more than welcome to come back to the house anytime you like my friend whether it's to Thank talk more about much. Some products you got to talk about. Or if you just want to talk about games, it's all good. And I, and I want to apologise for buggering up your name and uh, <laughs> <laughs> saying a uh, platinum edition. Um, just just, just <laughs> I've, I've got to set, I've got to set it straight for the listeners. Um, I got a message from Barry saying, "Hey, you ready to record?" And I actually thought it was going to be the next night. So there's me sort of going, "Oh, okay, shit." Getting my stuff together, and I was a bit, <laughs> bit flustered at the start. So I do apologise for that um <laughs> <laughs> right. but you,
0: you did tell me saturday and saturday you know recording yeah this. i know i
1: know yeah. I'm a, um, it's my fault don't don't that, worry about that, that. i don't know <laughs>
0: that you know what I'm, I'm understanding it, things happen uh you know time zones are weird but i do want to say thank you so much uh for having me and, and i will absolutely love to come back anytime you say i need a guest or you, you want to have, have a discussion um I'm always game. Just just let me know. We'll get the time zones worked out. And for sure, <laughs> as our, you know, we have more stuff to talk about. You know, with with uh, the classic series and series five coming out. Uh, you know, definitely look forward to coming back.
1: Yeah, awesome. I can't wait. Uh, but until then, guys, the the doors to the house of Mario they're shut. Barry's getting kicked out. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Catch you later. encore at the house of mario the after party nintendo podcast is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of south australia the show is produced and hosted by me drew agnew if you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts the house of mario a drew story and Kraken and furfies help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify if you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to help spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com idruby where for only $1 you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.